Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. TikTok settled a $92 million class action lawsuit for collecting your personal data without asking you. Tesla owners get locked out of their cars due to accidentally increased verbosity of network traffic. Another reason why you should probably keep a key card close by. 3G wireless service is being shut down next year. This won't mean much to smartphone users, but roughly 30 million Americans are still rocking flip phones. And Facebook knew that its algorithms are biased against people of color, but chose not to adhere to its own policies on hate speech due to fear of backlash from its conservative partners. We've got all this and more in episode 11 of the Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. I'm going to need to stay away from Atlanta, Hartsville, Jackson Airport because they are tripping <laughs> down at the airport. I don't know if y'all saw this story, the but airport. what's going on? But uh, just in like at the crux of ho- uh, holiday travel, specifically Thanksgiving, some dude tried to move a firearm through airport oh, security. Bro. It, it got flagged. They asked him, yo, can you step over here to the side for a minute? For whatever reason, he reaches for the gun. Oh. I don't know if I don't know if this was because they asked him to or he panicked. Either way, he reaches for the gun. The gun is in some sort of case, but it is locked and loaded. Not only is it mm. got is it's it, 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 you know, he put a magazine in the clip, it's cocked. So he reaches for the gun, the gun discharges so accidentally. In the airport or on the plane. Because, like, all of that, you was trying to shoot somebody. I don't know. So, either way, he reaches for the gun. The gun discharges. People panic because it's it's the busiest airport in the country. People panic, take off. Nobody gets shot. But people got injured because everybody panicked. Somebody Mm -hmm. maybe got stumbled, maybe fell, something of that nature. So, all that to say, he just picked the wrong time to try to put put a uh which is legal so that's the thing in atlanta this is open carry this is concealed carry so you can do it they probably just said hey we're gonna need some information about this or whatever maybe he panicked can you you take a gun on a plane anywhere you can you can you can put it in um what do you call it your check bag uh, yeah you can check check it Mm -hmm. right you can check it so maybe he i don't know so my my what i want to believe is the Security person said, come on, I need you to step to the side after they saw the gun. And I was probably just going to ask some additional information for it. He reached to verify what it was. And when he reached for it, pulled the trigger, discharged. It was an accident. Uh, everybody freaked out. But which uh, another thing is where 
this may not be the case is he ran yeah. <laughs> after I, this I oh, wow. and took off. Jeff went there to shoot somebody. Or I don't, I don't know. know. I'm, I don't I'm know. just assuming it was a brother, but whoever that was. No, it was they, a brother. They yeah. went there to shoot somebody because the idea that you have a gun locked, loaded, cocked, ready, you know, uh, mm-hmm. no. Ain't, we, we've all flown enough at this point now mm-hmm. to know what the rules around gun you know, possession in airports is. Um, and, and regardless, again, lock loaded, ready to fire is, is way different than, oh, I, I put it in my, my carry on and, and forgot to put it in my chest. Like that's no, I ain't buying it. So, yeah. Buying so, it. yeah. So that's, that's all we know. But I, I brought that, that up to say, he, yeah, he, he, I mean, he did it Thanksgiving, uh, busiest flights, busiest travel day weekend of the year. And he wants to scare everybody in the airport by accidentally or on purpose discharging a gun. On purpose, yeah. <laughs> I, I just crazy. have to say, what are you thinking? Because Georgia is an open carry state. You can carry mm-hmm. firearms all the way up to where you actually go through TSA. It's, it's completely legal. I've actually seen someone with a holstered, uh, you know, firearm mm-hmm. in the, it, actually it was when we all hooked up back at the end of the summer in the airport. I actually mm-hmm. saw that, but it's not the first time I, you know, you know, I used to fly a lot. So it's, it's not an uncommon thing, but yeah, it's like you actually had it cocked and loaded yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> in the holster wow. while you're about to get on the, you know, get on the plane. Well, it wasn't in holster. It was in his bag and the oh, security, oh, oh, okay. it ran through the, it ran through the thing and this TSA person was like, yo, what's this? Uh, I need you to step over to the side. He reaches for it. It goes off. Everybody flees. Yeah, that's or or he's just the you know most ignorant gun owner in the world and doesn't deserve to own a weapon because you don't know how to use it and put safety on and you know everything else. And either way, it's just not a good look. Nope, nope. Because uh, like Brian said in the comments, you know now all the airports on high alert, which is mm-hmm. going to mean. More and more people going through the airport. It's going to take longer times. People going to get left off their flights. Uh, flights may even be canceled I mean, because I'm, I'm somebody. Be Wilding anyway, because it is the busiest travel time of the year, and we still mm-hmm. in COVID. We still in a whole panorama right now, mm-hmm. and you still need your mask. And you know, it's 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 going. To be, I I wouldn't travel this week if you paid me to. I really wouldn't. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, maybe if you paid me. I well, it's yeah, uh, yeah. and like I said, I am I am not anti-gun in any stretch of the imagination, but you got to be smarter than that. You can't have a loaded gun in your bag. In your, oh, come on, bro. People ain't smarter loaded. than that, unfortunately. <laughs> not only the magazine, not only the clip in the in the gun in the chamber, but a bullet in the chamber <laughs> to where he reached for it and went off. So yeah. like he uh, like he, he 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 followed no protocol when he left the range, none. So nope. Anyway, we, we are a tech show. We're not going to talk about <laughs> Second Amendment today um, any more than we already have. So uh, let's go ahead and get into some tech. I'm going to start it off with uh, a little bit of uh, social media. So mm-hmm. TikTok, $92 million settlement. When yeah. they didn't think they did nothing wrong. Listen, TikTok, TikTok got to come up off a little cash and that, and that's really a little for them. Um, I'll read because I don't want to bury the lead. I'll read how much people can expect to get um, because I don't really think that's the point of this story. I'll get to what I think is the point after this. But so for um, most people will get about 96 cents 
after <laughs> attorney fees. Uh, people in uh, Illinois, because Illinois has a special sort of law around um, data collection without people's consent. Um, so they just get they're they're going to get a bigger share of this money. They might get up to five dollars and seventy five cents. However, if not. If, if not that many people file, because this is this is all contingent on how many people actually file claims. They said there are 89 million people that are actually eligible to file this claim. If 89 million people, um, if all 89 million people filed, that's how much they would get. Um, if only about 2%, 1.5% of people filed, the Illinois residents would get $383.33 and everybody else would get like $63.00. Um, in 89 cents, if 20% of people file claims, Illinois residents get $28.75. Everybody else gets $4.79. So, um, so you're not going to get a whole lot of money out of this. Um, that wasn't really the reason I wanted to do this story. Uh, but if you want to go, there's a website, just, um, Google TikTok data privacy settlement claim. Um, and there's a website where you can go and file. If you, if you've been on TikTok or musically, um, that was, what TikTok was before it became TikTok. So if you've been on TikTok or Musical.ly before October 1st of this year, you are eligible uh, or you may be eligible to file a claim. So again, you can you can Google the, the claim website and file a claim, but you probably ain't gonna get that much money. However, <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the thing is what they were actually doing to have this lawsuit filed in the first place. Um, they were collecting all kind of uh, data without users' consent, specifically a lot of facial biometric data. Um, and we, we talk about face recognition a lot on, on this podcast because it's always biased um, against the favor of people of color, but they were using a lot of biometric facial recognition data and all of their AI to determine the um, race, gender, and age of the people using the platform to then try to recommend, you know, different accounts to follow, different content um, to follow as well. So they were collecting just a, your face print, basically, basically, they were saving and storing your face print, your unique face print, but they were also mining info from videos you had saved in your drafts folder. So stuff you hadn't even posted yet. They were like, let's see what we can see about stuff uh, in, in the draft that she posted that she might delete later on. So, you know, what I what I really wanted people to understand about this is that they are, all of these platforms are doing this. TikTok is just the latest to get caught for it and have to come up off a little bit of change. Um, but just the understanding of just how deep that data rabbit hole goes for you when you use these platforms, these free platforms, um, but also for parents, because they, you know, one of the articles I read said that um, a lot of these lawsuits were filed on behalf of minors. And this is where parents really need to get involved um, and, and help these young people understand, you know, because they're not going to take the time to navigate in their privacy settings and make sure everything's turned off that needs to be turned off. None of us take enough time to read mm -hmm. the terms of service at all. So this is something that we need to, to be more intentional about doing because these people are just collecting all kinds of data and running wild with it. Um, and the little bit of money they got to pay ain't hurting them one bit. So um, it's just a it's just a mindfulness um, and intentionality around how we navigate these platforms. Right. And uh, the thing about it is, you know, when you signed a I think most people knew that. Well, most people assume that uh, sites like TikTok was going to use their data 
for whatever reason. Well, let I me mean, not say whatever reason, mostly for ads. People assume, okay, if I give you my if, publicly on my public profile, if I put my name, my age, uh, my location, you know, or something about me or whatever, social media links, they're pretty much going to use, they're, we're assuming they're going to use that information to serve up ads, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. But the problem with this is in the end user license agreement, as Stephanie mentioned, they didn't say nothing about taking biometrics. <laughs> they said, right. okay, yeah, we're going to take all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also this extra stuff, right? So and that's, and right. And we're not going to let you know that's what we're doing. So that goes a de- directly against, which is why this uh, 92 million settlement you know, even though TikTok uh, formally says, oh, we didn't do anything wrong, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> that's why the judge, because they didn't tell us that's what they were doing. Now, if they would have said it somewhere, we're going to we're going to scan your face, find out your age, your, you know, your gender, all these things. then maybe they could have had some wiggle room. But the second thing is, as much as I hate <laughs> to give credit to the previous administration, remember the previous administration was like, yo, we got to get TikTok up out of the paint. And everybody's like, yeah, you, whatever. We get it. It's a China company because TikTok has its base in China. Uh, the previous administration was like, yo, I know. He didn't I know. care nothing about our privacy. A broke clock is right like twice a day. It was just <laughs> China beef that was causing him to be petty. That was it. He, he wasn't thinking about us. <laughs> no. Don't 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 even get that. Ain't no credit. He don't get no credit for that. I know, no, but no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but the 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 fact still stands that TikTok is a company that either was founded or has some sort of operations or has some connection with China. And um, back to the Cambridge Analytical thing with Russia and Facebook. You know, there are some other countries that are interested at the very least getting our data. So we have to be mindful Absolutely. of some of these companies and like like Stephanie said, you know, be more cognizant and we never, about and what never you use to get your data. What that outcome was because because when right. all that went down, mm-hmm. the whole point was that uh Walmart actually Walmart and Microsoft were in talks to actually Buy, yeah. But then when that fell through, there was another US company that was going to be the the US mediate intermediary or some mm-hmm. kind of there was some kind of little loophole they set up that a u.s company would administer you know tiktok in this country and all data would be stored on our servers u.s servers or whatever mm-hmm. um and i ain't heard nothing else about that so yeah you know, it, it was just news people changed the channel and mm-hmm. probably because previous administration that's they wouldn't care about nobody's data so they was like right. yeah you just trying to you just trying to pick a fight with china so right. let's move on but and I'm sure some money changed hands that made, you know, the former president and probably some folks at the FCC happy and and mm-hmm. they and they made it go away. So he right. certainly did real quick. Now, now, here's my question. So this is basically because TikTok didn't let folks know that they were That's collecting it. this. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they go ninety one million dollars pocket change for us. Um, that, that, that's a that's a. Hakeem and Simi money. <laughs> the question that, that I have now, though, is have they now let us know that this is what they're doing? Have, have they actually changed their mode of operandi that or did they just let us know that they're doing this? Well, they're claiming that they're going to delete the biometric data that they now have on file for people, the mm-hmm. face prints. They're claiming they're deleting those. It um, says they'll no longer collect biometric data. Right. They won't collect any. We yeah. promise we won't do it again. Slap on a hand. Um, and, you know, there there will most likely need to be some tra- some 
some change to their terms of service as well. Um, but, but again, it, it, it's just like what it was just a, for me, um, because since I talk about social media so much with, especially with kids and parents and, and how they can relate, it's just a reminder to us that we got to pay attention to this stuff too. Yeah. I'm just, I, I don't want to be that cynical guy, but if this data was beneficial to them, I, I see a, terms of service change at some point once the heat from this has kind of subsided to where oh now we are collecting this now we're collecting that nobody's gonna pay attention to and they will scroll through (laughs) and they'll be right back at it but uh but yeah this was this was interesting because like the the other big part was that it's not even just the stuff you post it's the stuff you think about post it's like you could make something kids all the time like there was a point and and they're probably still doing it but they won't admit it there was a point where facebook was logging keystrokes you know so they were actually saving keystrokes so i'm like if even if you was about to type an angry rant and he was like you know what let me think better that they still got that information you know you deleted it completely or back or just backspace and they still save that information so it's like you we we are way beyond genie out of the bottle. I, I remember when Facebook thing. was doing that because what do we always say? Never send an email when you are mad. Never send that text when you're mad. Calm down a little yeah. bit, read it, and then go back. But it so doesn't matter. They are, what you put it in the system, once it's in the matrix, the matrix has you. You, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't do anything about it. Shout so, out to Lytics real quick. Um, Black-owned, Angela Benton doing her thing. Streamlytics is a, is a site that will actually pay you for your data because you should be paid. Um, At the very least. Yeah, you link all of your social platforms, Netflix, all that stuff. I mean, you're collecting it, but at least they're paying you for it. So you right, know what right. you're getting into um, mm-hmm. right out right out the gate. So, you know, and I, I, I actually invested in their... So did um, I. Oh, yeah. So, so did I. <laughs> because I can't think of too many companies that are doing something like this yeah. to where... Yeah. She's if they're going to collect your data, get something out of it. And that's kind of yeah. like Stephanie said, that's the whole point of Stream Linux. So hopefully they uh, go go public. Get that exit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I can get a little chunk well, listen, change. That exit <laughs> is coming. I, be- mm-hmm. I believe so wholeheartedly in what she's doing with that particular company. Um, that exit is coming soon because they have millions and millions and millions of data points, especially on us who are mm-hmm. the world's largest consumer base and demographic black folks. Um, so somebody, somebody's buying that data in a minute and paying her a billion dollars for it. I, mm-hmm. I guarantee maybe, you, maybe multiple you heard it here first. You heard it here first. And I'm just glad I got my little, little bit of change in there with my little it, it, well, <laughs> investment. What y'all might be able to do is afford gasoline. Cause if you've been paying attention to these gasoline prices lately, um, I have, uh, I don't spend a lot of time in California, but I don't think I want to drive uh, a fuel combustion engine when I'm out there with uh, gas hitting uh, record highs in the last week. So well, what are you going to what are you going to do? Are you going to drive a combustible engine and, and run your money up or in this or? next story, <laughs> get an electric car and get locked out? Well, that's, right. the, that's what that, the, that was the segue. You picked up on it because it's like, what do you do? It's like you can't get in your car now. Can't get out your car now. Can't do nothing. So, Terrence, tell us what Tesla owners are uh, experiencing right now with being locked out of the car. Speaking of travel, speaking of uh, holiday travel, you know, uh, there are some Tesla owners as of last Friday. It was about a two hour delay or interruption in service. But this interruption in service was so to where you could not actually get in your car. There was some sort of outage 
that affected owners. And of course, since Elon Musk is a social media guy, you know, it just so happened that people do what people do when they have an issue. They take to Twitter and was like, yo, I'm locked out of my car. I can't get in. Elon Musk is actually, of course, who he is reading Twitter and actually responding to people's um, issues. And he put some tweets up himself, not Tesla, you know, not some, you know, PR marketing social media person. He actually posted to his uh, Twitter accounts to where it looks, according to him, it looks like we may have accidentally increased verbosity, verbosity of network traffic. Apologies. We'll take measures to ensure this doesn't happen again. But like I said, the total outage was about two hours. But the problem is with technology, well, not the problem is the challenge is everybody's racing to adopt technology, i.e. electric vehicles. You know, a lot of us, I myself included, are super interested in EVs because of technology to where I don't want to carry a wallet. That's why I use mobile payments, you know, Apple Pay, things of that nature. I don't want to carry my car keys. So I would be the first person to get a Tesla, take my keys, throw them in the drawer, download the app and use the app to like, unlock, lock and start the car. Where have we come to <laughs> where you can't even carry a pair of keys? You, you, nope. you still got to carry the, the, the house. Well, no, if you don't have to. Nope, like, not, not I, no more. I, not I, now. I, 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 as somebody who absolutely loves technology, mm-hmm. I just refuse to be single threaded through this, through this mm-hmm. smartphone. I, I can't do it. I, I just don't trust it enough to to put all of my eggs in in one basket and i've never lost my smartphone and watch tomorrow i've misplaced it but i've never lost my smartphone i i i barely even dropped my smartphone i've never had a cracked screen like i take very very good care of my smartphone um but like the the idea that all of my banking information and my the 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 way i get into my home the keyless entry into my home the the payments you know at the terminals and the store i ain't doing it I ain't doing it. I refuse. Well, well, I am all in. So, <laughs> but at the same time, I may have to have a plan B, which is what the sto- the story kind of overarching like says. Well, if you're going to adopt all this technology, yeah, key card. Make sure you got a key under a rock or somewhere. You buy one of them fake rocks. Do something. You know, they got the little magnetic thing as seen on TV. Carry the keys, man. Where you put the keys, uh, magnetic under the wheel well, <laughs> under the wheel bay, something. Also, all that to say, you know, uh, two steps forward, one steps back when it comes to technology, especially. Like Rob said, there are more and more people probably looking to jump into the EV market because gas prices are so high. Yeah, I you know, I have been saying for probably the last month or six weeks, it's like, you know what, that lyric, the Cadillac lyric, mm-hmm. it's awfully nice looking. It, it, it's calling me. And uh, when I saw what the gas prices were in California, I was like, oh, my Lord. It's like, so I have a lot of friends who have Teslas. and um, My sister and her husband both have them, and they it, love them. They and, swear by them. Yeah, but, they, um, they really do. But um. <laughs> but and, yeah. then that, and then there was a there was a a CNN report that just came out this week as well. One of their 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 transportation reporter did the full self driving test in Brooklyn down Flatbush Avenue and almost killed got killed. I saw he, that. Like he had to grab that wheel so many times to to keep that car from running off the road or running through a green light or or a red light rather and just it ain't ready. The technology I, is not 
ready. Yeah, he, ready. I saw that. Uh, I saw that report, and he was saying years away. He did acknowledge that he is not a regular Tesla driver, so he may not have been accustomed to maybe the Tesla at the last second is going to jerk over and, and not cause this accident. Mm-hmm. But I'm watching this video, and it's like, ooh, you almost hit that truck. Ooh, right. you almost ran through that fence. I mean, you know, like. Right. It was like, okay, it's too close for comfort. It's like, at what point right. is this thing going to auto navigate past this? Uh, my car can drive itself, but I'm going to have a heart attack. In, so. in and just think about like in that two hour window when you couldn't access your car with the app, like somebody's wife could have went into labor or mm-hmm. somebody could have mm-hmm. had a legitimate heart attack at the house and the, or somebody go into anaphylactic shock because they ate some peanuts and needed to get, you know what I mean? Like that's. That's life and death. You know, we talk about it as a minor tech inconvenience, you know, in almost in jest. But that's a life and death situation. If I can't get in my car for two hours because of this little glitch, you know what I mean? This That could literally be a life and death situation for people. So, mm-hmm. you know, an, yet another reason why I ain't putting all my stuff on my phone. Because, yeah, I mean, like, it just it, it, it just ain't worth it. I, 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 I can handle the extra point. Oh, two ounces of key in my pocket to, to get where I need to go. I just, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. Nope. So nope. y'all, y'all are giving me layup transitions from one story to the next. You're not putting all your eggs in your phone. Um, but this next story that you're going to bring up, we're going to talk about some phones that you can't put eggs in. I mean, you know, 3G hey. phones are still a thing, um, but they won't be much longer. No, 3G is going away, y'all. Um, this this story reminded me a lot of um, the Y2K scare. I mean, it really read like that. Like, oh my God, it's going away. What are we going to do when 3G goes away? What are we going to do when Y2K gets here? Um, but this, I think, is a, you know, there aren't that many people that still have 3G phones, um, but it, it, it affects more than just smartphones. Um, right. So mm-hmm. next year, 2022, uh, the 3G cellular standard or, or, or third generation cellular standard is going away. So to make room for more bandwidth for 4G and, and the 5G, if we can ever get that going. So, um, you know, there's a finite amount of radio frequency bandwidth space that cellular companies like Verizon and AT&T can use for mobile data and mobile for mobile anything basically mm-hmm. calls data whatever there's a finite amount of space so in order to get more more bandwidth for more current conventions like 5g you got to get rid of the old conventions i mean it's, it's an upgrade it's a, it's a kind of normal typical expected upgrade however um there are still you know like i said a lot of people that still have five, uh, 3G phones and, and people that, you know, and it usually affects people in low income communities, people in rural communities, people that look like us. Um, but I was also surprised that the religious communities, um, that might be affected by this as well. So, so it, it was in, in the IoT things. I'll let you guys jump in there, but, um, there, there were a lot of considerations that, you know, I hadn't realized will be affected by this decommission. So yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, uh, IoT. Um, personally, I have a home security system that runs over Ethernet. And if the Ethernet ever goes down, it switches to cellular backup. So mm-hmm. if I ever have an emergency, ever have an issue, it's still connected via 3G. So I can reach out to uh, responses, you know, police, fire, you know, uh, mm-hmm. ambulance, things of that nature. I will have to go and check and see whether or not that's 3G to where I may have to upgrade my alarm system specifically because of this. 
Yeah. Same thing and for alarms me. Alarms and, and healthcare, yeah, uh, I, medical devices. Yeah. So I actually have I have diabetes, so I have to check my blood sugar uh, regularly. You know, multiple times a day. So when I do this. Uh, you know, I, I have a, you know, a monitor that I just check it. I don't have to worry about syncing it up to my phone. It just, I believe it is G3 or, uh, you know, a, uh, 3G, uh, radio in there. They just sends it up into the cloud and then I can log in. And, you know, like when I go see my endocrinologist every six months or however often I need to go, they have all my numbers and all that kind of stuff just based off of, uh, you know, this one device. Um, I don't pay for a plan on this. It just does it. Uh, you know, right. it's just it's just what it is. I think like if you think of some of the uh, the Kindle readers that have this, they you know, you just get your books on them. You don't have to put them on Wi-Fi. You can, but you don't have to. I think they were using 3G as well. So I'm really interested to see what happens to all of these IoT devices, because parents, in your case, with your um, home security system, that's going to affect you It's definitely going to affect me. Um, you know, when I'm checking, you know, blood sugar. Now, I, I believe that my device also can sync Bluetooth to my phone. And if that's the case, it's uh, it's not a big deal, but it is a deal. It's something that I would have to change. Yeah how I, you know, how I operate. I mean, I've been doing it one way for, you know, for years. Now I have to do it a different way. And as you said, there's probably a lot of folks, um, you know, um, you know, at the, the lower end of the, you know, um, you know, monetary totem pole that are going to really struggle with this because, you know, they don't have a, you know, they've been using the same phone. One thing I can say about the old flip phones, those things are built like tanks. They just, yes. they mm -hmm. always work. They, they always work. work. Yep. Um, but think about the elderly yeah, who, yeah. who aren't as tech savvy as you and may not know how to sync the Bluetooth right. or if they get a new phone, not really know how to connect and upload. And, you know, this is this is really going to. So so AT&T says it's shutting down 3G services in February 2022. T-Mobile recently announced that it would extend services to March 31st of next year, but not beyond. Verizon plans to pull the plug in December 2022. Um, so, yeah, the major carriers, it, it's going away. and. You know, there's a lot, there's been a lot of pushback from alarm and the alarm industry and the health and the medical device industry, um, because it was like, you know, while uh, carriers, mo mobile carriers have been planning for this for a couple of years, we also been a, been in a whole pandemic. So, you know, people haven't been able to get to devices to do upgrades or, or things like that. And, and now you got supply chain issues. So I can't get a new device to replace your alarm system that works on 3G. So, um, I, I, I think, you know, y'all ain't really even got 5G ready to go like that anyway. So I don't know if there's a reason they can't extend this into 2023 just to make sure that everybody can get what they need. I won't be shocked if that happens. I, you know, like I said, I'm not guessing that it will, but I won't be shocked if it does, because there's a, there's a lot of infrastructure that may need to get, you know, yeah. um, thought about that they haven't thought about yet to, uh, you know, to get all this figured out. Like I said, there's, there's probably things, uh, you know, like I said, alarm systems, medical devices, there's a ton of other stuff that we're probably just not thinking about because, you know, it's, it's just, they've always worked. You've just never really thought about how it worked that, uh, is, is going to have to get, uh, you know, it's going to have to get settled. And, uh, so I won't be shocked if you see extensions, but like I said, I'm not expecting it, but I, I won't be shocked. Gonna, I think they're going to have to though. I think there's still too much, you know, too many things that need to make that transition before, mm -hmm. You know, people, because I think the, the the one article said like 9% of people were still using 3G phones to communicate. Um, but that's a 
out of 300 million people that's that's not a that's small a number you know that yeah, is that is a lot that's a lot um, of and that doesn't even count like you said alarm systems medical devices and and and, and other thing other internet of things devices um that may be affected so we, we have to figure this one out selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you chiching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, thirty six percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/work. Shopify.com/work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So let's go ahead and get to our main story for today. And I know we talk about Facebook a lot, but Facebook is one of the biggest... They stay doing the most. <laughs> they stay doing the most. It's one of the biggest companies, you know, on the planet. And when you think about how many Facebook users there actually are, you have to go to organized religions to have groups of people that are more than what Facebook has. I mean, I I can't think of anything else. You know, organized. You, you know, you go to organized religions. Well, there may be more than a couple of three or three billion of this thing. I don't know. Are there thing. three billion Christians? In, I mean, yeah. I, I don't think there are three billion Christians. I, I, there, I'm, there I'm guessing. Muslims. I'm, I'm I'm guessing. So it's like. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah. there, there's, you know, Facebook is a, Facebook is its own cult. It's its own thing. <laughs> but, um, you know, th- this story, I mean, there's a couple of articles that I posted in here and, and basically it's stuff that we, we, we kind of know, we kind of knew that they probably did this stuff, but we just didn't know. And, and, and the gist of it is that Facebook absolutely knows that their practices are harmful to black folks. Mm-hmm. They, they, they know this. And the reason you know, well, I don't want to guess. Uh, you know, let me read here. You know, the, the reason that they potentially uh, don't do this is because they don't want to adversely affect their conservative uh, advertisers. Well, let's see what let's 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 just let me let me interject yeah, let, and tell people what yeah, we're talking about. Good point, good so point. Facebook knows that more than 50 percent of the hate speech on their platform gets directed at people of color. Fifty five percent gets directed at uh, black folks, Muslim um lgbtq and jewish people so they know that those few very few groups that what was that was about four or five groups get the lion's share of hate speech on their platform Mm -hmm. and they have deliberately chosen not to do anything about it for the reasons you're about to state and it comes down to well we have conservative advertisers that are giving us money let's not adhere to our own rules to make sure that we don't stop that money train from coming in. 
And, you know, I'm reading this and Terrence, you always tell me, Rob, you cannot get into the comments um, <laughs> no. on social media. But sometimes you, you just got to, you know, you, ha- you have to go do research. So, so I'm looking at, you know, just some of the things, you know, that, that folks are saying about this. And so let me first say this. Being conservative doesn't make you racist. Um, your conservative sponsors that aren't racist aren't going to have a problem with you actually stamping out racism. That's not what they're about. Just because you're a conservative person doesn't mean that you are a racist right. person. So, right. so come on, Facebook. I, you well, know, they also said they didn't want to stack the deck in favor of one group over another either. So but by start, doing this, that's exactly start, what they're doing. Yeah. You start choosing, you know, to, to, to eliminate hate speech for one group, then another group might feel left out and another group might get left. But that's, that's what upgrades are for. Like, find all the hate speech for all the groups and get rid of it. Like, right. come on, Facebook. So, um, the, the, you know, and this, is, this is adversely affecting Facebook. So, once again, we go back to the Francis Haugen leaks, um, you know, the whistleblower back a few months ago that leaked all this stuff. Uh, like this is not a good look. And we say this repeatedly about Facebook. This is not a good look because not only did they know this was going on, they went out and they hired a consulting firm specifically to come in and look at this stuff. Mm -hmm. And they knew, um, and I want to read a quote from the president of, of, or, or the CEO of the consulting firm that they got. She says, I am not asserting nefarious intent, but is deeply concerning that the metrics that show the disproportionate impact of the hate directed at blacks, Jewish, Muslim, Arab, and the LGBTQIA users were not shared with the auditor. So they hired a company to come in and look at how are you guys doing when it comes to this civil rights type stuff? When, you know, when, when it comes to uh, this racism right. thing and you get these numbers of where, ooh, wow, it's really bad at these groups. Well, let's not tell, let's not tell the auditors who we brought in to count and measure and quantify. Let's not tell them anything about this. Let, let's hold this back. So, like I said, she 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 is throwing the bone. I'm not asserting that it's being nefarious, but man, you know, if it looks like a snake, sometimes it actually, you know, slithers like one. It might be one. Um, yeah, like, Terrence, you haven't said anything. I want to hear hear your take on this, but this this is like I said, it's not surprising to me, but it's just surprising to actually see it written down and printed in newspapers at this point. Um, the same thoughts. Uh, about this story is the same thoughts that I thought about uh, trying not to get too throw too much uh, stuff in the air, but the same things about the Kyle Rittenhouse um, thing. It's like, well, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. We know that Facebook is not a safe place when it comes to women, when it comes to minorities when now when it comes to african americans when it comes to muslims when it comes to lbgtq communities we know that the overarching thought is we facebook are too big either we can't or we don't want to make it a safer place because if we do it for one we got to do it for all, and we just don't feel like doing it. And I'm, of course, I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But um, that sounds about right. <laughs> but now that we know, we know that that's not a. It is something that can't be de- debated. It's something that can't be denied. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that Facebook 
is for its own interests, whatever those interests are, data, you know, uh, selling ads, whatever that is, they are a huge company that they are not doing their job when it comes to protecting the safety, whether it be just in words, whether it just be in hate speech or actually act and actions that come about as a result of people on Facebook. We know that's not the case. So what are we going to do? You know, are we, you know, whether it be the groups that are actually affected or just people who just don't agree, you know, I'll go over to, you know, our uh, people who are watching us live. Brian Yeager says he deleted his face count, a couple Facebook count a couple of years ago because he doesn't like the data practices is, I mean, is that what it's going to take? We talk about billions and billions of people on Facebook, you know, is it going to take People just not using Facebook anymore. And Facebook kind of knows this, when, in my opinion, which is why they're trying pushing this metaverse so hard yeah. because they're like, yeah. all right, well, how do we make ourselves entrenched even more? How do we do that? And I think that's way, uh, the thing behind metaverse, but that's just me talking. But again, you know, we know this. We talk about stories countless amount of times, Washington Post, all these others, The Verge, all these companies publish these stories, the, you know, we, we had the, 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 the whistleblower, you know, leak all this information. Facebook stock ain't looking that bad still, mm-hmm. you know, still. and they still got millions and billions of people using it every day. I log on to see what's going on. Uh, I may not even post anything. I may not post anything personal. I don't have, I've don't put a lot of personal data. I don't put a lot of, a lot of family pictures on there. I may just post a funny quote or a funny screenshot of something I saw you know, to where my data is not necessarily being shared, but I'm still on there. And that counts for something, you know, what, what is it going to take for Facebook to really be like, yo, we got to do something about this? Well, one of the things that the Francis Haugen leak showed is that when it comes at least to black Americans or, you know, blacks in America, that the the numbers are falling. So we, Mm -hmm. we, we peaked back in September of 2020. Uh, We have had a 2.7% drop in, in a single month. Now the data didn't show exactly what month that was. This is back earlier this year, but 2.7% is a big drop. Now here's the thing when it comes to blacks in the United States, it's only about 17 million, a little over 17 million uh, um, of us uh, that are on Facebook Um, compared to their overall world numbers. That is a rounding error. But, you know, but still, you know, when, when you have a 2.7, seven, uh, you know, 2.7% drop when you have not had them before, it, is, it has been right. growth since the beginning of time, um, you know, in a demographic, Facebook starts to look at that. And I'll go back to where I said, you know, sometimes I do have to look at comments and just look and see what's going on in Twitter to see what people are saying. So, um, you know, I'm not going to say this person's name, but they actually used a quote, um, you know, from, from Dr. Martin Luther King. And they said, I believe his quote was, you know, the time is always right to do what's right. Or mm-hmm. I, I might, I don't think that's the exact quote, that's but that's yeah. I'm paraphrasing it. And I'm thinking it's like, so wait a minute, you get leaked, you, you have all this stuff. People now know that Facebook is doing this kind of stuff. So now they're doing the right thing. I, I don't think you could espouse that to this It's more like, a, you know, I'll go to, uh, I think Churchill had a quote that like, you know, America will eventually do the right thing when they've exhausted everything else to do. <laughs> um, and I think that that's how you kind of have to look. And at I might Facebook even add, on this. When the right thing is profitable. Because right. until the right thing becomes profitable, America ain't doing it. You know what I mean? It just goes against what 
the definition of what a capitalist society is. Um, and then Facebook is wilding because there, are, you know, there was a you, you posted a, a kind of a corollary article to go with this uh, about Facebook examining whether it treats black users differently. Uh, spoiler alert. Yes, um, <laughs> because, you know, we see all the time where the people who call out racism get flagged and put in quote unquote Facebook mm-hmm. jail, but the actual racists don't. So like I get called out for posting something egregious, but the person who posted it still gets to post with immunity. Right. And, and, and mm-hmm. it's insane. And, and, and in that second article, it, they kind of try to use the excuse that they're not collecting race data, which is complete bullshit. Because <laughs> they actually used to let their advertisers advertise Based on race data, specifically, specifically, 2016, they just stopped doing that in 2020, where they would, you know, if your name was Lamar, you know, you might get seen an ad for for bail bonds, um, or they actually had exclusions. You could do white only ads on Facebook, mm-hmm. where real estate and different job postings and stuff like that would only go to white people. So the idea that you don't have race based data. On on three billion people is 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 absolute bullshit. Um, and 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 I think it is going to take that that mass migration away from the platform. Which again, I think to both of your points is is why Meta is trying so hard to happen. Like, stop trying to make Meta happen. Meta is not going to happen. Um, <laughs> shout out to Mean Girls. Um, but it's like you know. They're going to have to do something else because the, the you know, Rome is burning. Mark Zuckerberg is fiddling while it happens. Um, but this but this kingdom is coming down and, you know, slowly but surely. And because and, and, it's just raggedy. And, and I don't know that you can fix it without dismantling it completely and starting over. So, like right. I said, it's every time I read this article in the post it gets worse every it's like oh wait i missed that and like i said they hired in back in 2018 they hired a consulting firm to come in and evaluate you know all of their stuff on on civil rights for lack of a better term and okay the stuff that we know is really bad let's not actually give it to those auditors we don't want them to quantify that because that might, might we're going to we're going to continue to make this money regardless. And, you know, I want to read the quote, the auditor, the auditors in the report released last year still concluded that Facebook's policy decisions were a tremendous setback for civil rights. The people that you paid, <laughs> the way you roll is a tremendous setback for civil rights. They know it. There's no question. Uh, Brian makes a good, yeah, a good point about what services to take over. Because you know, we talk about the idea that you know, in some countries, you know, America's only 330 million people, so we are just a drop in the bucket of the three billion that are on this platform as well. You know, we're we're not we're a little bit more than a rounding error, but we we definitely ain't the majority. And and for a lot of people around the country, around the world, rather, Facebook is the internet. Mm-hmm. Facebook is the internet. There, there is no internet. You have a Facebook phone with Facebook preloaded on there, and that's how you connect right. to the internet. So the idea that you know what what service could take over, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, to Brian's point, I don't know that there is one in a lot of other countries, and especially right. developing countries, um, because they're just they're too big to fail at this point. Um, but I think you know, I think we as Americans can make enough noise 
to to try to make a dent. I don't know. You, I'm tired. Right. No, Stephanie, you, you make a good you make a very good point, and we've actually talked about this before because here in the United States, in in, in Europe, basically in the Western world, Facebook mm-hmm. is a thing that you go to on the internet. For pretty much everywhere else, Facebook is the internet that allows you to see what's going on in the rest of the world. So, mm-hmm. um, India and Africa, you know, that's you know a large portion of the world population right there. But like I said, I'm I'm just going through this and I'm looking at different things that people are pulling out of the the Francis Haugen leak stuff, and it's like, so you can call the squad all of these vile names. But when you complain about the squad being called all these foul names, you're the one who right. gets blocked. It's like Facebook. What are you doing? Well, what the thing are you that doing? Got me in the in the in the article was that they were like, well, sometimes these terms are used as colloquialisms, no, um, and not that. And, and granted, depending on who's using it, the N word, you know, can you know, blah 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 blah. However, not the C word. There is not a no. woman on this planet that Best. is calling another woman the C uh-huh. word as a term of endearment mm-hmm. at all that's an insult and a and a and a horrible one at that no matter who says it and who uses it so y'all can at a minimum search for that and, and get rid of it you know what i mean i'm like they just the, the excuses that they come up with just are so disingenuous and 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 you know laughably insulting to all of our intelligence that it's it's just it, it, I don't even know. I, it's like, what do you do? What do you do? That's a good question. What do you do at this point? So, like I said, the numbers uh, the numbers for Black Americans uh, is dropping. It, maybe that's what has to happen. Facebook has to see uh, these numbers go the other direction. Um, I'm not holding my breath for that, and, and I'm not even advocating you got to get off. You know, I'm not boycott Facebook or anything like that. If Facebook is your thing, do your thing on Facebook. But uh, I know that my habits personally, and this is this is just Rob saying this, my habits personally have changed over the last two, three years on Facebook. It is very rare that I post anything personal on there. It's, it's just very rare that I do it. Um, people have to text me and tell me, hey, did you see my post? Like, no, I don't see it because I don't I don't do that. Now, I do use Facebook groups and I really hate the fact that they killed the Facebook group app. There was actually an individual app from Facebook where you could just go directly to your groups and they right. figured, oh, well, he yeah, he's missing all the other stuff we want him to see. So we're, we're going to kill that. But um, like so, like I said, I'm not advocating for anyone to do anything, but I, I just wonder if and these numbers keep changing. Like the tech on Facebook as well. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but I just, I just wonder, is that what it's going to take that these numbers? Because it's like, you know, 2.3 percent in a month uh, doesn't sound like a lot, but let that happen two, three months, four months, five months, ten right. months, for a year, right. fourteen months, eighteen months. Now you're talking about money that uh, Facebook is no longer seeing. And maybe that is what ultimately it's going to take for these things it's to change. It's always going to take hitting them in the pocket. So this is how do we do that most effectively? So, so Facebook, let me just say this. Let me leave you with this. Just get <laughs> get your stuff together. Yes, they just not. just get your stuff and they together. Don't care. That's the thing. Like I said, Mark Zuckerberg is fiddling with 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 augmented reality. I got I got I have the mental picture that you actually put in my mind of him with the with the cat. He's just stroking stroking the cat, just stroking the white cat. You know, fiddling while Rome bird. Mark, I I just I I find it hard to believe that he legitimately cares anymore. If he ever did, you know what I mean. If he ever did, I I like I like I said, considering he started this platform based on rating women hot or not. 
um, his conscience and, and, and moral barometer has been questionable from day one. So, you know, the idea that he would care that people were being abused and whatever, I, you, you, you'd be hard pressed to convince me of that. What I would expect for him to care about is that when my company is making less money because of mm-hmm. these things, therefore I'm mm-hmm. going to change them. That's but no, you need to do better thing. than that. I mean, right. <laughs> you need to do better than that. So we're not going to keep uh, beating this dead horse. I'm certain that there will be something else that will come out in the coming weeks where we can talk about. We can talk about Facebook again. Facebook again. <laughs> With that being said, I'm looking at the clock and uh, we're getting to the, uh, you know, the end of our hour that we get to spend with our audience. And uh, I want to, uh, you know, this week I kicked read the uh, the Tech John Spotlight. So that's our new segment where we're going to highlight a African-American, um, you know, in tech or a person of color in tech. And this week I have got an African-American woman. Um, her name is Marie Van Britton Brown. And uh, let me just go ahead and read this. It's, uh, it's a little bit long, so I'm going to read it for you. In this week's spotlight, we showcase Marie Van Britten Brown, who in the mid-1960s created what we now know today as the home security system. Marie, a nurse by trade, lived in Jamaica, Queens, New York, along with her husband and two children. Marie's husband was an electrician who worked odd hours, often leaving Marie and her children at home alone at night. Inspired by the high crime rate and the length of time it took police to respond to calls in her neighborhood, Marie wanted to come up with a way to see who was at her door without physically having to answer it. Marie started her invention by creating three peepholes in the door to provide access to tall, average height, and children. And the next step was setting up a camera that could adjust from peephole to peephole and allow people inside the house to look outside to see who was there. Marie wanted to find a way to view who was outside of the house from any room and decided a wireless television system would work best. To do this, she used a radio-controlled wireless system that could stream the video from the tele- to any television in her house. Along with the video system, Marie and her husband created a two-way microphone system that would allow communication between the family and the person at the door. On August 1st, um, 19, excuse me, 1966, Marie and her husband submitted a patent application for her invention. It would be the first patent of its kind, and her husband's name was below hers. Uh, she actually was the first uh, on this application. The patent was granted by the government on December 2nd, 1969, and four days later, the New York Times ran an article about her invention. Marie Van Britten Brown is cited for also creating the panic button, a system to remotely notify police with the push of a button, as well as a remote door unlocking system still used in many small businesses, apartment buildings, and nursing homes today. Marie was recognized for her innovation and received an award from the National Science Committee, officially making her part of an elite group of African-American inventors and scientists. Marie Van Britten Brown's patent to this day has been cited in at least 32 subsequent patent applications, and her home security business, or the home security business, is expected to be a $4.5 billion industry by 2024. And let me just say, and this, this includes me, anyone who has a ring doorbell or something similar mm-hmm. to it should be clapping right now and yes. thanking this black queen for coming up with this stuff <laughs> way back in the day. And there were a couple pieces of this story that uh, really uh, stuck out to me. So I wasn't around in the 50s and the 60s when TV really started to come around, but I do know this. I've heard this from a lot of black folks. Once you got a TV, probably in the 60s, there was one in the house. In this story, it said that she wanted to be able to see who was at the door from anywhere in the house. Back in the 60s, they had multiple TVs in the house. So so that was probably the John that you wanted to hang out at when you was when you was a little kid because they had multiple TVs in the house. 
But uh, but yeah, this is a uh, this is an interesting to me because I just think about something that is utilitarian as a uh, you know as the you know the ring doorbell, and we give you know I, I can't think of the guy's name, but the you know the, he was on the Shark Tank and you know is now a multi billionaire. But it's like yeah, he did this a few All years ago. She thought this stuff up back in the mid 60s like 66 right. is when they um, filed their patent so it's probably the probably early 60s used one of her patents because yeah. you mentioned her patents have been used in in, in 30 others at least 32 sure. times it might it yeah, might be I'm more because sure this you know this is a wikipedia article i pulled this from yeah yeah i'm sure that ring dude and everybody else um have have got a little bit of her technology on they john so yeah do, do either of y'all have man, a ring? The mother of invention. She was like, I ain't trying to go down that door. I don't know what. <laughs> so, Terrence, you've got a ring, right? Here. It's late. I, I, I've I. got. Uh, so, I don't like how Ring uh, sent uh, has them partnerships with the police or something yeah. like that. Okay. You know, to where they share that data like that. So, you know, I'm a little scary. It's acceptable about that. But I do have a um, August. I got the August okay. um, um, doorbell that connects with uh, HomeKit. So that recorded video goes directly to HomeKit, which is more secure than just the cloud because that's saved on my devices, you know, and, and in iCloud, which is a little bit more, in my opinion, a little bit more secure than just regular old, you know, Amazon or um, um, uh, just a regular cloud system you can sign up for. So. So I, I remember back in the day, I had a couple of, uh, you know, friends when I would go to their apartments or whatever, you would have to stand outside and hit the button. And then, you know, usually if they knew you was coming, they wouldn't even say anything. They would just buzz you in. That's her. But when you hit the button and you would talk to them in the apartment to find who's there, that's her. She she invented. That's the sister. I never knew. Yeah. But this was a sister who who invented this stuff. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're doing the spotlight because I've learned something for the three weeks we've been doing it. That's right. uh, and hope and hopefully you know her you know she passed in 99 uh hopefully her children it looks like according to the wikipedia uh, story she's survived by her uh children norma and albert jr so hopefully they still uh getting them residuals getting as I a know, result i, know. <laughs> I hope so because <laughs> again just another henrietta Lacks. right they, right they, because they like people they paper exactly because like you mentioned you know of course security systems have advanced technologically and you know how patents you know you, you you claim okay well i've got a patent that means i'm golden you know technology companies will figure out a way to skip around on joints so hopefully they're still getting some residuals for, as a result of right. something so important and so utilitarian as a home security system so you know like i said this one it really made me smile I was like oh yeah that's had a black queen back in the 60s coming up with this okay. stuff that makes us safe so, folks, as we always do at the end of our show, we want to thank our patrons, um, our patrons who support us on Patreon. You can head over to patreon.com forward slash detect John if you want to become a supporter and you can get all kind of access to all kind of things such as watching our live stream or listening to an ad free uh, version of the podcast. But this week um, we continue our streak of adding to our list. So I want to thank Carmen Hill. And Orin Dix. So thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Y'all now family. So y'all go ahead and Stephanie, I'll let you kick it off. Tell folks how they can get to you. You can find me all around the web at Tech Life Steph or check out my website. So tweet.com. All right. And you can find me, Terrence Gaines, also known as Brother Tech everywhere on the Internet. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things 
on the internet. You like that? I got it this week, y'all. I got it right. <laughs> got it right. <laughs> so with that, we will go ahead and close the show out. And until next week, when I get to hang out with y'all again, peace. peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 